This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 118, How to Keep from Being Deceived. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians awake. Hello, welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric. Glad you could join us again for another episode of That's in the Bible, the podcast that looks at what the Bible says on a variety of different topics. Today, our topic is how to keep from being deceived, and joining us is Pastor Bruce Varner. Pastor Varner, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Brother Eric. How are you? You've been on a couple of times with us, and it's always a, a pleasure to, to have you on again, and I know that the folks love hearing from you, and uh, we're interested in what How to Keep from Being Deceived is all about. If you're ready, we're ready. Okay, I'm ready. We'll start with a word of prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for this good day that you've given to us, and thank you for your word. We pray, Father, your spirit would lead and guide us in all truth, and help us, dear Father, truly to keep from being deceived by the power of your spirit, and by the direction of your word. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. All righty, so the title of the subject is How to Keep from Being Deceived. And when I say deceived, I'm talking about uh, being tricked and being lied to and being misled. And spiritually speaking, primarily, we're talking about a spiritual uh, deception. But really, in actuality, I believe the Bible uh, will keep us from being deceived in many, many areas of our life, not just the spiritual areas uh, of our life. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit this uh, afternoon about how to how to keep from being deceived, how to keep from being tricked, how to keep from being lied to. And we're living in a day and age where uh, deception and uh, misunderstanding and being misled uh, is rampant through Christianity and through the public. And it's a good thing to learn from the Bible on how we can, we can avoid this. Uh, the first thing I'd like to do is read from Titus chapter 3, and uh, verse 1 through 3. The scripture says this, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, having in mal- living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Now, the first thing I want to say about this idea of being deceived and deception and how to avoid it is to confess and admit uh, outright now before we start that all of us have been deceived before in our lives. And... Um, Throughout our Christian life and throughout our secular life, uh, we, we'd all have to confess that different times being misled, misunderstanding uh, positions, and being deceived. The scripture here says that uh, when Paul is writing to Titus and instructing him how to behave himself, he wants him to learn how to obey magistrates. And I want you to know for all you conservatives out there, it doesn't, the scripture doesn't say to... Uh, Put them in mind to be subject to the conservative magistrates and principalities and powers. It says to obey magistrates, principalities, and powers, uh, whether they're conservative or whether they're liberal. Now, I know that a lot of people don't like the fact that uh, one party or the other party's in the White House. The fact of the matter is man's hope is not in the White House, and man's hope is not in, in politics. And a Christian that has hope in politics is a foolish Christian. Uh, we ought to hope for the Lord Jesus Christ's return and know that the only person that can solve the problems of mankind is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But now, uh, Paul wants uh, uh, Titus to realize that he's got to be—he's got to treat everybody the same way. He's got to be uh, put people in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates. That's all of them, not just the ones that you like, or not just the ones that I like, not just the ones that. We agree with that the scripture says to uh, obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil 
of no man. doesn't say to speak evil of only those people that you don't like or only those people that might be in a different political party than you or a different religion or a different church than you. Speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Well, that's a hard thing, isn't it? Hard thing to do. And then he says, for we ourselves also were foolish, disobedient, deceived. So every Christian, uh, before they got saved, they were deceived, and uh, that goes for me too. So I'm not uh, standing here throwing rocks at uh, people that are misled and deceived about uh, a particular matter. Um, I'm, what I am doing here is I'm trying to give you some Bible guidelines on how the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can, can uh, prevent you uh, and you can avoid being deceived. All right, the Scripture says also in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul's given a snapshot of the future. And uh, from where he's standing, about 68, 64 A.D., somewhere in that ballpark, He's looking forward in time, and he said that the direction of mankind, that mankind's going to go, is his deception is going to become worse and worse. There's going to be deceivers, and seducers shall wax worse and worse. So the days that you're and I living in, of course, uh, that we're way after New Testament times, and we're way up uh, near, probably uh, near the rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I certainly hope it could be today, and it would be today. But definitely, we're living in times where uh, deception is going to become more and more uh, predominant. People are going to be misled. People are going to be tricked. People are going to be uh, deceived. They're going to be uh, going the wrong direction. And you and I need to be aware that the direction that mankind is going is not in a positive direction. Mankind's not evolving. That's, uh, that's a mistake to believe that. Mankind is... He's actually devolving, and he's going to become in, in a, a more uh, worse situation uh, than he's ever been before in the history of mankind. Now, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3, Paul's uh, forecast in the future, and we have another book in the Bible that's just given to, to the future, which is the book of Revelation, which I'd ask you to turn there if you would, to Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9, the Bible says that great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth, now listen to these next three words, which deceiveth the whole world, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. There's some rough times coming up in the future, my dear friend. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're not born again, then I'd ask you to repent today and trust in Jesus Christ and His blood and righteousness for the atonement and propitiation, payment for your sin. I know there's a lot of big words there, but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Get saved now because there's a day coming that uh, you are surely not going to want to be around on this earth. And uh, the day's coming when the, de the devil that deceiveth the whole world is going to be cast out onto this earth and uh, there are going to be some angels, his angels cast out with him. But the point that I want you to know is that the devil doesn't deceive a, a, a part of the earth, a tenth of the earth, a quarter of the earth. Uh, he doesn't even deceive half the earth. The scripture says the whole world is deceived. By the time the, the Bible uh, ends in the book of Revelation, the devil's got the whole thing wrapped up and everyone's deceived. And you're, you might think, well, preacher, good night, nurse. How in the world can anybody keep from being deceived then? Well, let's look, let's look at that question. But look here with me at Revelation 13, 14. I want to underline this here just a little bit more. Just a moment. Verse 14 of chapter 13. Look with me if you would. The Bible says in verse 14, and uh, verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth. 
by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast and that the, which had the wound by the sword and did live. All a lot of things going on in, uh, up there in the future, but the point that I want you to know is that the entire population is deceived. And uh, the forecast for mankind is not positive, it's negative. Uh, as you and I grow, and I don't know how old you are, if you're 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 or 50 or 60, uh, the older you get, the worse it's going to become on this planet and the, the more predominant deception, mistaken ideas, mistaken opinions, mis being misled and misguided, uh, these things are going to occur more and more. And people are going to be mistaken and misled. Uh, and uh, the point of uh, the lesson now today is how can an individual, how can an individual avoid that? Uh, the first thing I'd like you to look at with me, if you would, is in the book of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. Regarding the answer to this question, I'd like to pose the uh, question here in just a moment. Matthew chapter 24, we'll look at it. Matthew 24, 4, the scripture says here, listen now. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, now listen, take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. The scripture says here that uh, there are two things that I would like you to, to draw your attention to. Number one is the Lord Jesus Christ commanded you to take heed that no man deceive you. Now, you say, well, preacher, that Matthew 24 is in the tribulation. And that, I'll agree with you. That's, that's a tribulation passage, and, and uh, I'll agree with you on that. But now listen here. The admonition to those people is uh, they have the same capability that you have right now. And that is you have the capability of taking heed so that no man deceives you. Amen. You have the capability to take heed so that no man deceives you. The scripture says in verse number five, for many shall come in my name. Uh, the deception that's going to come on this world is not going to be an anti-Christian uh, deception. Many shall come in my name. The deception that's coming on this world that's going to be a global in content, that's going to include every person that's on the planet, is, is a, a deception that comes in the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't come in the name of Muhammad. Doesn't come in the name of Buddha. Doesn't come in the name of Confucius or Joseph Smith or somebody else. It's coming in the name of Jesus Christ. There are going to be people that profess that Jesus is the Christ, and uh, there are going to be people that come in the name of Christ, and they're going to be deceiving many people. And uh, the admonition in Matthew 24 was for these people not to be deceived. I want you to look at it again, if you would, in Luke chapter 13, uh, Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Look with Mark chapter 13, verse 5. And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name. In my name. There it is. In my name. Now, I know a lot of Christian people that are, are looking for some kind of atheistic uh, uh, big uprise that is going to take place or some kind of Mohammedan uh, uh, uprise that's going to take place and going to deceive the world. Uh, the problem with you, uh, Christian, is that you've set your Bible aside and you don't, you don't care what the Word of God says anymore. You just care what the uh, news media says. And the news media is, is conditioning you to look at the wrong enemy, to shoot at the wrong enemy, to pray for the wrong enemy. The, the enemy that you need to be concerned about are people that profess that Jesus is the Christ or that come in his name. <laughs> That's where the deception is going to come. And uh, he says, for many shall come in my name and shall deceive many. Now the admonition in Luke chapter 21, verse number 8, is what we're going we're gonna, to uh, preach on, okay, or teach on. And uh, preaching and teaching now, preaching and teaching is, is uh, they're linked together. Preaching is trying to get you to believe or do something. And uh, teaching is trying to get you to understand the reason why you should believe it or do it. And uh, I'm going to be preaching and teaching to you now this, this afternoon. I'd like you to believe these things. I'd like you to respond to them. 
and act upon them because God's given you a way that you could obey Luke chapter 21, verse 8. Luke chapter 21, verse number 8. The scripture says, and he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived. Take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. So there are going to be some people that are coming around, again, confirming Christ's uh, character, confirming his person, and uh, uh, trying to get folks to, to go after him. Now listen here, verse number 8, Take heed that you be not deceived. Be not deceived. How can a Christian not be deceived? Well, think about Christianity for just a moment, if you would, and think about all the different kinds of uh, denominations there are within Christianity. There's Roman Catholicism and Greek Catholicism. There's Protestant Catholicism, really, when you get right down to it. Protestantism is nothing more than a rebellious a rebellious Catholicism. There are Catholics that have rebelled against the, the papacy and have rebelled against about one truth out of 30 that they should believe. But there's Lutherans, there's English Catholics, Anglicans or Episcopalians, Presbyterians, there's Methodists, and uh, nine out of ten Christian denominations, nine out of ten professing Christian denominations, teach that a person can, number one, they can have a part in their salvation by their behavior. Their behavior plays a role in their salvation. In other words, righteousness or good works can, can uh, be obtained by a Christian and they can contribute to their salvation. Salvation's by works. Nine out of ten professing Christians believe that salvation is by works. Nine out of ten Christians believe that water regenerates people, that, that baptismal uh, Water and, and the waters of rivers and creeks and whatnot where people are baptized, that people get saved, they get regenerated, they get born again when they're baptized in water. Now, we're talking about professing Christian people. These people are, are confused and they're misled. And I'm not, knock, I'm not throwing rocks at them. I'm, I'm trying to wake them up if they're listening, and I'm trying to get you to understand, Christian, that there's going to be deception in the world, and don't look for it uh, in, in Mohammedism. Don't look for it in Buddhism. Don't look for it in Confucianism. Look for it right in your own backyard. Look for it within Christianity, professing Christianity. That's where the deception is going to take place. That's where the deception has taken place in history, and that's where the deception is taking place now. So here we go. How in the world can a, a Christian not be confused, not be misled, and not be deceived. How can a Christian not be confused and not be misled and not be deceived? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that it's surely possible, and I'll talk to you about how it is right now. Look at Luke chapter 24 with me, verse 45. So when we ask a question, you and I as believers, Bible-believing Christians, uh, should look to the Scriptures for the answer, should we not? Yes, we should. So we're going to look, do just that and look at Luke chapter 24, verse number 45 with me. Luke 24, 45. And the first thing now, if you're going to keep from being deceived, here, now listen, if you're going to keep from being deceived, Christian, uh, the Bible tells you how to do it. And the first thing the book puts out in my mind uh, is this. Luke chapter 24, verse 45, the scripture says, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Let's think about that and read it again. Luke 24, 45, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. In the context of Luke chapter 24, the he is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the people that he's referring to, they in this passage, are the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, uh, then opened he, the Lord Jesus Christ, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. The first thing that you're going to have to do as a Christian, if you're going to keep from being deceived, is turn to God and not to man. Turn to God and not to man. Uh, we're living in a day and age where Christianity has turned to man 
repetitively in the ages in, in gone by to such an extent that much of what is taught as uh, contemporary Christianity is not contemporary Christianity at all. It's not taught by the Bible at all. It's uh, the opinion or the viewpoint or the interpretation of some man. All the way from Polycarp and Origen and Clement uh, of Alexandria, Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, Calvin, Luther, Arminius, all these men have had some portion of truth, and the portion of truth that they had uh, was minuscule in comparison to the proportion of falsehood and misunderstanding and uh, deception that they have, they've had. But you want to know what, what happened? Uh, the Christian church in its infancy uh, uh, termed these people the patristic, the church fathers. The church fathers. There's a disobedient Christian right there. <laughs> Amen. God said, call no man on earth your father. Call no religious leader. Uh, no man on earth your father. And uh, these people aren't, aren't the church fathers. Lord have mercy. Uh, these, uh, like uh, one of the old preachers said, these, these fellows should have been called something much different than the church father. They should have been called the church babies. But now you know what people do? They turn to Polycarp, turn to Origen, turn to Calvin, turn to Luther, turn to Arminius, turn to some teacher, turn to some man for light and for instruction when the Bible tells us, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ has the capability of opening your understanding so that you can understand the Scriptures. And when I talk about deception, like I, I started out the message, we're talking about deception that has to do with the soul and the spirit and the body of a man. And you, your soul, dear friend, is more precious than thousands and thousands in silver and gold. And uh, how can you keep from being deceived? Well, here, you're going to have to turn to God and trust in God and not man. You're going to have to leave man alone because no matter how, uh, how good of a preacher or how good of a teacher, how good of a Sunday school teacher or how good of a missionary or an evangelist a person is now, the fact of the matter is that we're all flesh. All flesh is grass. Amen? The Bible says, Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. What's that mean? It means to realize that God is the only source of pure truth. And if you're a Bible-believing Christian, then you do believe that the Bible is God's revelation of himself, of his history, of his actions, and his act, uh, moving in uh, his relationship with man. So, dear friend, you, first thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to keep from being deceived is to turn to God and uh, not turn to man. Turn, turn to God, not turn to man. John chapter 16, verse 13. Turn with me, if you would, please. John 16, 13. Look at this verse. The Bible says here, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Isn't that a blessing? Listen, you know what, uh, what, what will teach you the truth, Christian? You know who will teach you the truth? You know who will keep you from being misled? You know who will keep you from being confused? I'll tell you who it is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the sweet Holy Spirit, the sweet Holy Ghost of God. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ will keep you from being deceived. Let me read to you 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. Or if you turn there, please turn there with me and read it for yourself. My, my preacher always, he, he always took the time to wait for people to turn in, in their Bibles to the passages. And I do that right now, but I, I'm not preaching in, a, in an auditorium, and, and uh, we're not all together. We're kind of separated here, but now it's, it's still good. You turn in your Bible to 1 John 2, 27. The Bible says here, but the anointing, which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man, man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Listen, dear friend, the Holy Spirit of God is able to lead you and guide you in all truth. 
And uh, you need to understand now, Christian, that you're going to be in predicaments, you're going to be in situations where you're going to either turn to God and pray and ask Him for help, and you're going to wait on Him, and you're going to trust His Word, which that's going to be point number two here in a minute, or you're going to turn to man. And uh, you're going to have to make up your mind, Christian, who you're going to turn to and who you're going to trust. And I'm trying to encourage you now. I'm trying to convince you. I'm preaching to you, and I'm trying to get you to listen. Turn to God. Trust in the Holy Spirit of God. Trust in the words that God's given to you. That's the first thing you'll have to do. Uh, pr- uh, turn to God and not to man. All right, the first thing you have to do, if you're not going to be deceived, is turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and not to man. Because man, uh, we unfortunately, unfortunately, we all mess things up. And every single one of us, there's just, there's just nobody that's perfect amongst us. And I wish, I wish it could be different, but that's not, it's not the case. That's the way it is. And uh, dear Christian, you're going to have to turn to turn to the Lord and trust in God. And uh, you know, I know it might be different than what your mamma says, or what your papa says, or what your uncle says, or what your brother says, or what your sister says. Or uh, you might come out believing something that your grandfather didn't believe, or your grandmother didn't believe, or your aunts and uncles didn't believe, or your best friends don't believe. Uh, you might go. You might have to go against all of contemporary Christianity. But you're going to be better off turning to God and not to man. Uh, you remember back in the Old Testament when, uh, I think Rehoboam it was, uh, Solomon's boy there, and uh, he, uh, he, wanted, uh, uh, he wanted to get the, the loyalty of uh, the nation of Israel, and he consulted the old men and he consulted the young men. Remember that? Uh, that's the same kind of idea. You're going to... Uh, a person's going to either consult with God or they're going to consult with man. And of course, uh, uh, Rehoboam consulted with, uh, he consulted with man and he made the wrong decision. In type, he, he, he uh, consulted with the, the young fellas and the peers that he had and uh, he rejected the counsel and the wisdom of the old men and... Uh, but uh, you know what that pictures? That just pictures people that are turning to the wrong thing. People that are turning to the wrong thing for, for trust and counsel and light. All right? Number two. First thing, turn to God, not to man. Number two, establish the Bible as your final authority. Or in other words, just believe the Bible. I could put it in that, those terms. Uh, believe the Bible. Number one, turn to God. Number two, believe the Bible. Believe what God said. But establish the... Bible as your final authority. And uh, uh, every Christian has to decide uh, what they're going to establish as their final authority. There's just no way to get around it. Uh, you're going to have to make up your mind, Christian, and you're, you, can't, uh, you can't do it as a group. Uh, Christian living and Christian decision is our individual decisions. Uh, people don't get saved in groups. I mean, I think that, you know, a, a group of people can get saved. But most of the time, when people are receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, they don't receive him as a group. A person receives the Lord Jesus Christ as an individual. And I have to, when I receive the Lord, you know, the other people went up to the altar and, and uh, other people responded or whatever, wherever I was. And, uh, and uh, listen, dear friend, um, the, the, the thing that I had to do is I had to personally deal with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, when I made a decision to live for the Lord or to try to live for the Lord, uh, to leave my old life, I had to leave a whole lot of friends behind that I love very dearly. And uh, the reason why is because living a Christian life is an individual decision. And when we're talking about a decision to establish the Bible as the final authority, you're not going to be able to do that with a church. You're not going to be able to do that with a a youth group. You're not going to be able to do that with a crowd, with a gang. You're going to have to sit down and you're going, to have to, you're going to have to decide in your own life, in your own heart, in your own mind, what in the world is going to be your final authority? What is going to be your standard of measure? How are you going to discern? How are you going to tell the difference between what's true and what's false? And uh, by and large, everything the Bible says, every, you, can, you can bank on whatever the book says is true. And... <laughs> Whatever, whatever is against the book, now you're going to have to leave it alone. 
But here it is. You're going to have to establish the Bible as the final authority. Let me read you this passage of Scripture, Psalm 138, verse 2. Or you can turn there. So turn to Psalm 138, verse 2. Psalm 138, verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Now watch it. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 4 to 6 there, uh, the name of the Lord is magnified above all blessing and all praise. So we have all blessing, all praise, and we have the name of God above that. And then above that, the Lord magnified his word. And just like the Lord magnified his word and put it above his name and put it above his praise and put it above his blessing, you're going to have to uh, choose and magnify the word of God as the final authority. Uh, but you're going to have to establish the Bible as your final authority. And here's where the fur hits the fan in a lot of Christian lives. Uh, and uh, people start talking uh, bad about people who believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. And uh, listen, you're going to have to exalt something. And uh, you listen to me, Christian, right now. Hear me. You're going to exalt the Word of man or you're going to exalt the Word of God. You're going to exalt the work of man or you're going to exalt the work of God. You're going to believe in the work of man or you're going to believe in the work of God. And uh, people who believe the King James Bible, they believe that that, that is the work of God. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the King James translators that got me the, the, the King James Bible. That was the work of God. Amen. <laughs> and listen, uh, if the King James Bible is the word of God, do you want to know what, what the Christian possesses? Well, if the Lord exalted his word above his name, then there's no, other, there's no higher authority in the universe higher than the word of God. If the word of God, the word in Psalm 138 was exalted above the name of God, there's no higher authority on the earth than the word of God. Now listen, if I believe the King James Bible is the word of God, there's no higher authority on the earth than that book. And if, if somebody accepts the, the text, the Westcott and Hort, you know, uh, Greek Bible as the word of God, then in actuality, they should believe that that's the highest authority on the earth. There's n there's no authority higher than it. But if you believe the King James Bible is the word of God, listen, you possess the highest authority on the earth. Say, preacher, don't you believe it's the Greek uh, te Testament or the Greek text? No, I don't. Say, why? Because I don't know Greek. <laughs> well, I learned a little bit of Greek in, in school, but, you know, you can study Greek 3 and 5 and 6 and 8 and 7 and 10 years. That doesn't make you a Greek scholar. 15, 20 years, that doesn't make you a Greek scholar. Goodness gracious. You, I, I, I've been speaking English for, for 60 years, and I'm still trying to figure out all the... Uh, the idiosyncrasies, and nuances of English. Uh, so, listen, 10 years of, of, of linguistics or 20 or 30 doesn't, doesn't make you uh, proficient in that language, especially when you reject the, the English Bible that God gave you. Uh, I say to you, if the King James Bible is the Word of God, then the Christian possesses the highest authority on the earth. That's the reason why I accept the King James Bible as the Word of God, because God has given every Christian a standard of measure, and it's the highest authority on this earth. And I can obey the word of God when it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Be not deceived. Listen, I can obey that by exalting and establishing this Bible as the final authority. This book that I have is uh, it's the absolute highest authority on the earth. And I possess and every christian possesses listen if the king james bible is the word of god every christian possesses the absolute standard by which all things should be judged see why the why why the devil wants to get you to get let go of that king james bible because it's it's the standard of measure by which you judge things it's the highest authority on the earth listen if the king james bible is the word of god then every teaching and every teacher 
that's in contradiction to its teachings is wrong. That's all. Say uh, the the papacy uh, declared that Mary was, uh, you know, uh, bodily assumed up into heaven or perpetual virgin or conceived without sin, all that nonsense. Listen, uh, listen, the Bible says nothing about any of that. And uh, the Bible says that uh, exact opposite. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mary confessed her sin, sinfulness in and, and, uh, Matthew chapter 2. And she also uh, had other children. And she was all that stuff that, that people say now, you've got a standard to measure. If, it's, if, it's, if the Bible says differently, then you believe the book. So first point now, if you're going to keep from being deceived, is turn to God. Pray and trust God. And then secondly, establish the Bible as your final authority. Believe the book. Believe the Bible. Yes, sir. You're going to believe in somebody. Uh, if you believe a Bible critic, that's where your faith is resting. It's resting in his opinion and his, out, his knowledge, his, his ideas, or hers ideas, or her knowledge. If it's a female Bible critic, listen, dear friend, you're going to believe, uh, you're going to believe something, and you're going to die believing something, and listen, uh, I encourage you to establish the King James Bible as the absolute standard by which to judge truth and error. The Christian doesn't need an intermediate priesthood. If the King James Bible is the Word of God, then a Christian doesn't need an intermediate priesthood to interpret the Word for him. If the King James Bible is the Word of God, the Christian doesn't need a Greek or Hebrew professor to help him out of the fog. Listen, dear friend, um, you're going to have to choose and who, what you're going to trust in life. And I encourage you, I challenge you, and I implore you to trust the Word of God. And when you get to that point, you're going to have to answer the question, what is the Word of God? And I will stare you until the Lord takes my final breath. I'll, I'll stare you to the King James Bible, the authorized English version. You keep that Bible and don't let anybody uh, get above it. Amen? Well, you know, Christians are a little dif different. Uh, we're living in a day and age where Christians, uh, they trust different things. There are some Christians that elevate scholarship above, uh, above everything else. If a person has a THD or a PhD or a DD or an MD at the end of their name, then that ends the argument there. All of their uh, confidence, all of their, their strength, all of their hope is in the letters and the recommendations and commendations of men to men. And uh, listen, dear friend, scholarship cannot be trusted. Uh, there's, some, there's been scholars in, in the history of, uh, of the church that could not be, be trusted, and uh, you'd do well just to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and to trust the Word of God than to put confidence in man. Uh, Origen was the, he could read several different languages and all kinds of uh, secretaries would travel with him, and he's a brilliant scholar, but he didn't believe there was a physical resurrection. He rejected Genesis 1 through 3, his mythology. He believed there was a purgatory. He believed that everyone would be purified in purgatory. He believed that salvation was obtained through works. He believed in infant baptism. <laughs> this, was a, this was a brilliant and educated man. You can't trust scholarship. You can't trust scholarship. You're going to have to trust the Word of God. Listen, dear friends, some Christians trust scholarship. Some professing Christians elevate a priesthood. They say whatever their priesthood uh, teaches, that's what they're going to believe. And there's Protestants and Catholics that are right of that vein right there. If their priest says one thing and, and the Bible says another, the King James Bible says another, they believe what their priesthood says. And uh, Christian, you're going to have to decide. You're going to have to decide. Scholarship will deceive you. The priesthood will deceive you. And uh, some Christians don't trust the priesthood. They don't trust scholarship. But you know what they trust? They trust, they trust their feelings. They judge everything by how it makes them feel. Now, they won't, uh, they won't confess to that. They say that they judge things by the Spirit's leading. But when you boil it down... What they're talking about, what they're saying, or what they're looking for is a feeling. They're looking for some sick spiritual sense or some 
some kind of uh, mystical, inexplicable uh, sensation or impression or feeling. Feeling. And uh, dear friend, you know what the Bible says? The word deception is used uh, two times in, uh, in kind of a, a, a peculiar context. Look at James chapter 1, if you would, and Romans chapter 16. The word deception is connected to man's spirit and heart and mind and, and uh, soul two times in the scripture, and it's, it's connected with the same thing in both, both times. And if you turn to James chapter 1, James chapter 1, and Romans chapter 16, we'll look at these two passages, and it'll show you something. You can't trust your feelings, dear friend. You can't trust your feelings. Lord have mercy, that's not a solid, uh, a solid place to rest your faith and rest your hope is on, on your feelings. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 26. Look with me if you would. If any man among you seemeth to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but, listen, deceiveth his own heart, that man's religion is vain. When we, talk, when we look at deception, we try to connect it with man. We don't find it connected with his spirit. We don't find it connected with his mind. We don't find it connected with uh, uh, his uh, will. We find it connected with his heart. Heart. Romans chapter 16. Look with me here, if you would, please. Verse number, Romans chapter 16, verse number 18. The Bible says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but by but their own belly, and by, listen now, good words, good words, and fair speeches. Now watch it. Deceive the hearts of the simple. Not the minds of the simple, the hearts of the simple. You know what the Bible says about the heart to mankind? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, the heart is deceitful. Deceitful. There's our word. How to keep from being deceived. The heart is deceitful above all things. Before love, before charity, before kindness, before lust, before greed, anger, is deceit comes from the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. Now listen. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. Listen, dear friends, some Christians trust in the scholarship. Some Christians trust in a priesthood. Some Christians trust in their own emotions, their feelings, their spiritual impression, their spiritual sense. You better be careful of all that. That's not where the Lord tells you to trust. Amen? The Bible, the Bible is where you should Rest your hope and faith. Psalm 119, verse 128, the Bible says, Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. To be right. Establish the Bible as your final authority. I was, <clears throat> I've met a couple people since I've been down here in the South, and I was talking to a fella, and he was explaining his, his salvation experience. And he went to a church, I'm not going to mention it, but uh, they had a service that uh, he said that he never felt anything like it before in his life. And uh, he and his friend that he was with went out, uh, lady friend, they went out and, and sat in the parking lot of the, of the church and they began to cry. and They just cried all night long. They cried all night to the wee hours of the morning. And uh, I was talking to him, I asked him about his salvation. He said, are you saved? And he said, yeah, yeah, that, that's when it happened. It happened that night. I just, I never felt anything like that before in my life. He didn't, he didn't say anything more than that. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you is this. Uh, the devil can produce feelings. The devil can make you weep and cry and moan. The devil can make you happy and, and ecstatic. Listen, dear friend. You cannot trust emotions. Don't trust emotions. Trust the Word of God. Amen? Trust the Word of God. All right, so you have to establish the Bible as your 
final authority. Now, I, I know that that illustration I gave doesn't uh, demonstrate anything, but it, it does demonstrate that there are people that turn to their emotions and look to their emotions as some kind of a, a standard of measure. And that's where the danger lies, okay? That's where the danger lies. And I call you, to, I'm asking you to establish, exalt the Bible, just like David, and just like the Lord magnified his word above all his name, you magnify the word of God and believe what the word of God says. All right, the third, uh, the third uh, activity, if you're going to not be deceived, take your Bible and look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 13, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive, now listen, listen closely, when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, that's the first thing, notice, the word of God, which you heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men. Over here. Here's the word of God over here on the left. Here's the word of God over here on the right. The word of men on the right. And listen, uh, Paul is saying, when you receive the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So listen here. The third, the third activity, if you're going to uh, avoid deception, you're going to keep from being misled and lied to, tricked, Christian, is you're going to have to learn to categorize information. Uh, there's... There's things that are the word of mankind, the word of men, and there are things that are the word of God. Amen? There's the traditions of men in the Bible, Mark chapter 7. They make the word of God of none effect. What a tragic possibility. Can you imagine that? The traditions of mankind can make the word of God of none effect. And you're living in a, in, in a, in a society that elevates the traditions of quote-unquote Christianity. They're not, they're not Bible activities. They're traditions. And they're fighting over traditions, and there's a, a, they're defending the traditions of men that have nothing to do with the Word of God. And you know what the, the Scripture tells us about the traditions of men? They make the Word of God of none effect. Mark chapter 7. Now listen, dear friend. The Bible says, Mark 7, 13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. Uh, what am I saying? I'm saying, Christian, you have to learn that you have to differentiate. You have to learn to categorize and differentiate the opinion of man, the thoughts of man, the judgments of man, the conjectures of man, the interpretations of man, the suppositions of man, the theories of man, you've got to learn how to identify those things because those things will mislead you, whereas the Word of God will keep you straight. Amen? The Word of God. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, God forbid ye let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. I know that the reading on that's a little different, but now listen, you, you want to be justified when, when you're judged? You want to be, be right with the Lord when you, you're judged? Well, then let God be true, but every man a liar. Learn how to categorize information. My pastor used to say, have a file 13 <laughs> and uh, throw all the, the word of men in file 13. It doesn't matter what man it is. He, he'd, he'd say, throw what I say in file 13 or hold it above it until, it's, until you try it out by the Word of God. But uh, you have to categorize information. You can't just, just because a, a fundamental preacher says something or just because a fundamental politician says something or just because a Bible-believing, professing Bible-believing person uh, says something, that doesn't mean that you can automatically believe it. In Acts chapter 17, Paul uh, commended and Luke commended the people that were listening to Paul's preaching. They he, they were commended for not believing what Paul said. Now you figure that out. Uh, you know uh, it's it's good to learn how to be skeptical of man and to be faithful to God. And what man wants you to be is faithful to him and skeptical of the book. They want you to not believe the King James Bible is the Word of God, but they want you to believe everything that comes out of that other preacher's mouth. 
Listen, dear friend, you're going to have to learn how to categorize information. There's more crooks in the pulpits in our country than you can shake a stick at. And that's, a, that's the truth. And you have to learn, how, every single Christian has to be a discerning listener. And you have to learn how to categorize information. Be like the Thessalonians here. When they received the word of God, they received it as it is in truth, the word of God, not the word of men, but the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. All right, take your Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. Number one, pray and trust God. Number two, establish the Bible as your final authority. Number three, categorize information. Number four, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. The Bible says, listen, every word of God is pure. Look at that. Now, what if, what if your uh, scholar says something different? What if your Greek... Dr. Know-it-all says something different. How about that? What if he says, what if he says every word of God is questionable? Well, you're going to have to believe one thing or the other, aren't you? Listen, the Bible says every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Trust in the book. That's point number two. Trust the Bible. Trust the Bible. Verse number six Proverbs 35, verse 6, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. The uh, fourth rule, if you're going to keep from being deceived, is don't let anybody add to the word of God. Don't you add to the word of God, and don't let anybody else add to the word of God. And we're living in a day and age <clears throat> where Christians, professing Christians, have just ignored this guideline and this rule. And uh, they've just uh, haven't paid no attention to it whatsoever. And uh, they've added holidays. They've added special days to the calendar. They've added activities. They've added words, terminologies. They've added titles of people that have nothing to do with the Bible, have no origin in the Bible. And uh, I'm talking about Christian people have done this. And they've deceived, listen, they've deceived a big portion of the world. Billions of people have been deceived by professing Christianity that has done exactly what God told him not to do. Add thou not unto his words, lest I reprove thee and thou be found a liar. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 2. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. If you want to know why this country is in the condition it's in right now, is because nobody is paying any attention to the Bible. Nobody. Even the people that profess to believe it. When God says, hey, listen, don't add to my word. It goes in one ear and out the other. And they come out with their, their mistletoe and their, their uh, Christmas carols. And they've, they've created the name that's a false name. They've created a, a, a worship that's a false worship, a day that's a false day. And if you say anything about it, then you're some kind of a, a devil. <laughs> Man, we're living in a day and age of deception, dear friend. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 2. Now look here. The scripture says in verse 1, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, under the statutes and under the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live, and go in and out and possess the land which the Lord God give your fathers, that God giveth you. And uh, the context is the nation of Israel and their behavior before God. But now listen how they treat the word of God. These are our spiritual ancestors. We're to treat the word of God the way they did. Look at it. Verse number two, the scripture says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it. That's the second point. Don't subtract from the word of God. Don't add to the word of God. Don't subtract from the word. Uh, don't let anyone do it. When they're trying to prove a point, a Bible point, or trying to teach you something, you make sure that you see things in black and white in the context in which they appear, and uh, before you. Uh, submit and believe anything that anyone says. You shall not add unto his word that I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. One of the things that helps people to be obedient is not to mess with the word of God. 
not to add to it, not to take from it. If you're having a hard time obeying the Word of God, you're having a hard time doing the things you're supposed to do. Maybe you're having a hard time just uh, uh, obeying this verse, be not deceived. Listen, I can tell you how you can strengthen your hand on it, strengthen yourself. Don't add to the Word of God and don't subtract from the Word. I was talking to a fellow one time, and he said, well, you know, the Bible, uh, we're talking about salvation. I said, well, do you believe that, that you have to be baptized to be saved? And he said, yeah, I believe, sure, that. that's what the Bible says. And I said, well, can you show me where it says that? He says, well, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the water is, is water. He said, you've got to be born of the, of, uh, the water there. And uh, I said to him, Okay, can you, show me, can you show me where the word baptism is in there? Can you show me the word baptism in there or baptize? He says, well, it's right there. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And I said, but, but could you show me, show me that, uh, that word baptism there? Could you t- show me that that is a reference to baptism? And, of course, after about three or four times going around the horn, he got the idea. And he said, well, yeah, of course, the word baptism is not there. And I said, yes, indeed, it's not there. (laughs) It surely isn't there. And being born of the water and born of the Spirit in the context, there's a definition there. And uh, listener, if you're interested in it, you go to John chapter 3 and and you read that passage and and, uh, compare verse 4 to verse number 6 and and you'll find out what it is, being born of a woman, being born of the flesh, and then being born of the Spirit. But now listen, you want to know what the problem was? That old boy added to the Word of God. And uh, that's how people uh, make mistakes. Add to the Word of God, and they subtract from the Word of God. The Roman Catholic Church teaches that Mary was a perpetual virgin. How do they do that? They subtract Matthew chapter 1, verse 28, they subtract the word firstborn. Firstborn. Now you look at that passage and you'll understand that uh, firstborn indicates that Mary had other children. See? Verse number, Matthew chapter 1, verse 25, I said 28, I apologize, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Her firstborn son. Her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. See? Uh, listen, Joseph knew his wife, and she had other children. And, uh, when when people take that word "firstborn" out of the passage, of course, then you can you can teach a lie. So how do how do I defend myself from uh, the Catholic mythology or Protestant mythology or Baptist mythology or Methodist mythology or some other heretical mythology? How do I protect myself? Well, here it is. Don't add to the book and don't take anything from it. Don't let anyone take a word out of its context. Don't add to it and don't subtract from it. Amen. Real simple. That's real simple. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say, and that's uh, I'm going to be done, and, and I've said this the whole time. It's, it's been one message with one point, and that is judge everything by the book. Judge everything by the Bible. It's not your feelings anymore, Christian. Grow up. Judge it by what the Word of God says in its context, where the Bible appears in its context. We don't, we don't stop in the book of Ecclesiastes. I was talking to a Jehovah's Witness one time, and they were talking about, well, that uh, when everybody, when people die, they, just, uh, they are uh, unconscious and they're annihilated. They're, they have no feeling. They have no thoughts. They have no nothing anymore. They never will. And uh, they showed me a passage out of the book of Ecclesiastes, which, which said, you know, this idea that man does not, uh, you know, man gives up the ghost, where is he? And, and uh, you know, uh, he's silent in the grave and all that kind of thing. But uh, I asked him, I said, now, when, when you look at your Bible there and you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, is that the end of the book? And they said, no, it's not the end of the book. They've got, they've got the New Testament. They believe the New Testament like we do. I said, well, what's the rest of the New Testament say? See, if, if you stop halfway through the book, you don't have the completed revelation on anything. If you, if you take 
something out of context in Ecclesiastes and you don't know what you're doing with it, you can hurt yourself and you can mislead people. So listen, you don't remove things from their context. And it may take you a while, Christian, to learn the context, the historical context of the Bible, but it's not that difficult of a subject. Uh, Every church I've pastored, I've taught a lesson, I've taught a series on uh, the contexts of the Bible. The context of the Bible and the historical context is a simple uh, exercise that anybody can do. It's not too difficult to just draw a timeline and uh, plot the, the books of the Old Testament on the p- timeline and plot the books of the New Testament on the timeline. And you'll see that uh, there's, a, there's a transition, there's a change in time from Genesis 1 to Revelation 1, and you have to keep things in their context. And uh, so, listen, what I'm saying to you is this. Don't remove things from the context and judge everything by the Word of God. Listen, let me read you. Acts chapter 17, verse 11, or you can turn there. Acts 17, 11, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind, and searched the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. I, re- I referred to this already earlier in the message, but these uh, Jewish listeners are commended and they're, they're lauded and they're applauded for not believing what Paul said, but checking the scriptures, searching the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. They were checking Paul out. Why? Because they were taught to believe the book, believe the word of God, not the word of man. And Christian, if you're going to keep from being deceived, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to judge everything by the word of God. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 3, Paul says this, he says, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. He was, he was uh, Paul in the passage in Romans chapter 4 is, is, is uh, debating the, the question between justification being by works and justification being by faith. And he says, but what saith, for what saith the scripture? For what saith? The scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. So listen, dear friend, you have to learn to judge everything by the Bible. You know, you're living in a day and age, and we are, where things are changing fast. And uh, there's much, much, much confusion. And there's many people being misled and misguided and misdirected in their life. And uh, the Lord says, be not deceive. Take heed that no man deceive you. And listener, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, then you can, you can fulfill that verse. You can obey that verse. Now, if you're not saved, you can get saved. You can repent right now today and get saved and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you and trust in His blood and trust in His righteousness. And uh, you can get saved today and you can be you can fulfill the same thing. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God will come inside you. He'll dwell inside you. And he'll be your teacher. And you can turn to God instead of turning to man. You can accept the Bible as your final authority. And when I say the Bible, I'm talking about the King James Bible. And uh, you can categorize information. You can learn to differentiate between the Word of man and the Word of God. You say, preacher, how can you differentiate between the Word of God and the Word of man? Here's a simple way. If it's in black and white, it's, it's in the Scripture, then it's the Word of God. And it's, if it's not, it's the Word of man. And uh, you, can, you have to judge you know, the Word of God in its context, and you have to accept it in its context. But simply, simply speaking now, uh, you can categorize the Word of man, separate the Word of man from the Word of God by just believing what the Bible says, where it says it, and as it says it, that's what my pastor used to preach to us. And I thank God for him. I love, I love the memory of him, and I sure do uh, miss his ministry. Uh, but I'm, I'm certainly glad he taught us these truths to teach to others. Now, listen, dear friend, don't add to the Word of God. Don't subtract from the Word of God. And don't take it out of its context. Don't remove the Scripture from its context. And then finally, number seven, judge everything by the Bible. We're living in confusing times, but they don't have to be confusing for you. Christian, you have the capability. Thank God. What a blessing. You know, the scripture says, let no man deceive you. Hallelujah. Just think about that. 
the implications of that, that commandment. <laughs> the implications are that you can, you can do that. Let no man deceive you. I don't, have to, I don't have to be deceived, spiritually speaking. I don't have to be deceived in my life about anything that the book says. We can trust the word. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and then I'm going to cut you loose. I appreciate your listening, and I hope the Lord bless you and help you in your life. Lord, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, for the spirit of God that lives inside of us. As your children, you've told us what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Lord, we believe your word. We trust you, and we thank you that you inhabit the bodies and the temples of your, your children. We thank you so much for that. We thank you for your willingness to lead and guide us into all truth. You told us in the Word of God, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. Heavenly Father, help us as your children to rest in you and to trust in you. And Lord God, help us to turn to you, Father. And please help the listener. Lord, help the listener. If there's somebody that's confused, Lord, there's so many people that are emotionally distraught and emotionally confused. They've been trained maybe in their own churches. They've been trained to, to trust their feelings, to trust their emotions, to act upon their emotions, to act upon their impulses. And Heavenly Father, I think that's a dangerous thing, Lord. I pray to God that you'd please help them. Holy Spirit, help them to trust the, the Word of God. Lord, you told us, Spirit of the living God, you said, the words, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Lord, you told us in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they spake the word of God. Heavenly Father, help us to realize that you speak to us and you direct us through the word of God. And may nothing take the place of your word, not our feelings, not the scholars that uh, uh, raise themselves up, not the priests, no one, Lord. Help us to exalt your word. Exalt your spirit, exalt your truth, your word. Don't add to it, don't subtract from it, don't take it out of its context, and help us to learn to have the backbone to judge everything by your word. And I, and I know, Lord, you can keep us from being deceived. Thank you for it, in Christ's name, amen. Amen.